0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Living Room Logic. Okay, everyone, welcome back to yet another episode of Living Room Logic. And I'm so happy this episode to have someone who actually knows what they're talking about a lot more than us. Um, And uh, me and Andrew actually did An episode about this topic but we wanted to get someone who kind of works in the area of of optics and of telescopes and uh, we're going to be talking about the james webb telescope today and if you don't know what that is you will by the end of this interview um but louis martin thanks so much for coming on the show thanks
1: Thanks for having me (laughs) aiden
0: Yeah, so Louis, you, you're you an astrophysicist and I just want to give a very brief background for you mm-hmm. um, before you get in, before I ask you about what you actually do. And yeah. um, so me and Louis go back a bit from college. It's wonderful to see you going in this really interesting career that I really don't know much about. <laughs> so I really wanted to get it down on, on on video and on audio here today. So as I said, you are an astrophysicist but that's a huge complicated area. What what specific area of astrophysics do you work in?
1: I suppose the question more is I've worked in astrophysics. Uh, My Mm -hmm. bachelor's was just like general astrophysics. Um, And then my Mm -hmm. master's was a lot more focused on kind of the engineering side. So like really going into astronomical instrumentation, be it like ground-based telescopes or just the detectors on these telescopes as well as the stuff that was going into space from that i was able to sort of transfer over to my current job which is instrumentation engineer at a company in galway called embryonics and uh, what we specialize in is laser communication for satellites so that's uh probably another topic altogether but
0: yeah and i'm not even gonna try and say that i know what that's about yeah <laughs> all i can say is that it sounds really cool and impressive <laughs> and definitely we will talk about that more i i would love to even get into that but today we're going to talk about the james webb telescope which yeah. is that brand new nasa telescope that they just shot off like a million miles away from earth <laughs> or at least it's it's on the way
1: quite literally million miles from earth (laughs) that's
0: incredible and so people maybe have heard of the the previous one the hubble telescope yeah but describe for us like what is the difference between these two and and what is the web actually meant to do
1: yeah yeah so i suppose the there are like three kind of main differences um Mm. between hubble and then web and the first one being the actual size of the telescope the web is much bigger i think it's it's a hundred times more sensitive and the the Wire. the size of the mirror it's uh three times what hubble is then the next one is kind of what it's looking at so web is going to be looking at like the infrared and um, mm-hmm. and just why that's important is for like um galaxy formation and it's an area that just the hubble telescope it's uh, not sensitive to uh, nearly at all but um, OK, yeah, then and the,
0: Hubble would have looked at visible light, right?
1: Yeah. So yeah. So Hubble would have looked at like um, the kind of ultraviolet side of the spectrum all the way up to the near infrared, whereas okay. James Webb, that's going to go from like the red part of visible light and then into the mid infrared.
0: OK, so it's a completely different side that we haven't seen before.
1: Yeah, there'll be a lot of stuff that has really been seen um, in the like detail that James Webb will be able to produce because just because of the size of the mirror.
0: And actually, speaking like you're saying, it's 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 kind of bigger and better than Hubble in 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 many ways. And me and Andrew talked specifically about this a lot in our previous episode about the long and arduous journey it took to actually be launched it was something like it was like 15 or 20 yeah. years i forget i think it's 15 right yeah it's,
1: it's closer to 20 <laughs> yeah
0: you know it was supposed to be like 500 million and it ended up being like 9 billion or something so it's ridiculous and so other than price because look you know that is really important but i, I we didn't really understand yeah why it took so long to invent these technologies like well, could you explain some of these technologies that the web is using
1: yeah so one of the, another just huge kind of uh, issue was that they had to do a full redesign okay. two years before it was meant to launch the first time <laughs> so that would that set it back massively it was meant to launch in 2007 i think and so like 14 years behind schedule but i suppose some of the stuff yeah just wasn't invented and producing it on the the scale that was needed and the accuracy that was needed just it wasn't done before. The kind of hard R and D that had to go into that sort of stuff, like and such a um multidisciplinary area, material sciences, composite materials that'd be using for like the actual structure, because it's not just gonna be like steel. Yeah. So they made need to make yeah. this like as lightweight as possible. So they're looking at all these different um, materials that they were going to use for the structures, for the mirrors, because despite the size of the mirror, it's actually like 100 kilos lighter than what Hubble was. Oh my was.
0: God, what?
1: So it's it's lighter and it's just because of the mater- types of material that they use, but producing these at like the accuracy, because you're try- you're talking about like a surface that would have to be like maybe a micron. <laughs> In difference from the white shirt it has to
0: be so incredibly flat smooth
1: yeah fat flat smooth and perfect yeah like the big thing was the mirror the main mirror which is like what everyone instantly mm. recognizes these hexagonal mirrors each one of them is unique and there are 18 of yep. them they're a meter about a meter wide each and yeah just wow. manufacturing them just took so long <laughs> They make sure that they're in the like, correct position. And then you have to worry about all these other things, like just the launch of the satellite. Like you're going to be experiencing a uh, thousand Gs. That's just the initial getting shot up. That's going to create huge vibrations.
0: Hubble was closer to Earth, right? It was Where was
1: Hubble? Way, way closer to Earth. It was, uh, it was 450 kilometers away. Whereas Webb is going to 150 million kilometers away. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs>
0: so there's no recovery mission. There's no. There is.
1: There's nothing like that uh, <laughs> on the cards. Everything needed to be absolute. Perfect. That had to be perfect.
0: And so uh, that that kind of brings me on to where we are in astrophysics and not even just astrophysics. You said yourself, there's so many, it's a multidisciplinary mission. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: How, how important is it for, for astrophysics and science in general?
1: I mean, without question, like it's the most important thing to happen to astronomy and astrophysics since Hubble in terms of the potential for what's going to fill, like in terms of knowledge gaps. So mm. In terms of where it's looking back to, like the main mission of it is to look back at the early formation of stars and galaxies at the beginning of uh, the universe. And previous to this, we've just been unable to see because we haven't had the sensitivity in terms of a big enough mirror in space to see these uh, these events or these stars. Wow! So it's yeah, to fill that gap, it's going to be absolutely fundamental. And then, but it also kind of, it's not the only objective of it. It's also going to be looking at one, taking images of these exoplanets and then also looking at their, um, their spectrum and their chemical composition to see if they have life. And another thing that's going to be helping for is like how planetary systems form, because there's a big gap in the knowledge in terms of how we get from like meter sized planets and like meteorites to kilometer size. And just understanding that and the formation is going to be really fundamental.
0: Wow! And and are these things that you are most excited about, or is there particular things that you are?
1: Unfortunately, the like the the galaxies kind of thing. It, it will be obviously still interesting for me and for astrophysics. Yeah, uh, but completely. it's just not the area that I'm most excited about. Um, mm. it's it definitely the more the exoplanet and planetary formation is where. I am interested in actual in astrophysics particularly when I was doing mm. uh, my bachelor's and masters.
0: Okay, that's really interesting. Is there anything you wanted to find?
1: Looking at like um the chemical compositions of planets and like finding water, planets that are potentially habitable. Just mm. the kind of like the idea of there's life out there. I mean there is, mm. but yeah kind of having a better confirmation of it.
0: <laughs> okay, so you've heard it first here, lads, Louis Martin <laughs> saying there's life out there. <laughs> but you're saying that this might be what we can use to confirm that.
1: Yeah, particularly for like livable planets that are close by. So I suppose the most famous example is the Trappist system. Mm-hmm. Um and that's that had seven uh planets that were orbiting around the star and it's not too far away in <laughs> astronomical terms.
0: In, in quotations, yeah.
1: And it's definitely close enough that, yeah, we could resolve the spectrum to see if these were habitable, even though some of them we already know are within the habitable zone. But to know what the chemical composition of these rocky planets would be, would be uh, yeah, a really, really cool thing.
0: That is insane. And it's something, I mean, going back to what you talked about before, that Webb will be able to look further away back in time,
1: this was actually the third difference I meant to say. Sorry, <laughs> between Hubble and uh, and Webb was how far back it's going to look.
0: And that is the thing that boggles my mind. I, I thought visible light that that was mm-hmm. our precipice. I thought that was the edge, um, and it's not. And that's so exciting for me because I thought <laughs> it was even for ye. I thought for for science, for astronomy, astrophysics, that that was the edge.
1: Yeah, and it's, it really, really isn't. Since the Big Bang, the universe has just been expanding and getting bigger. So the light from the start of the Big Bang, it gets stretched just because space is getting or is space is expanding. Mm-hmm. And so this is the redshift of uh, no more so than like a, uh, an ambulance driving by. You hear it getting really close and then going off again. Yeah. That's just a Doppler shift. Well, yeah. this is the same application, but to light.
0: And you do, don't worry, you don't need to get into that too much because we can send people to yet another episode of our podcast where we explain the Doppler effects. So don't worry too much about it. <laughs> but, but that's pretty insane. And, and I, I think that might be the thing that I am most excited about, the fact that you will be able to look even further back in time. Yes. Will Webb be able to look back As far as time goes?
1: Not as far as the Big Bang, but it'll be able to uh, observe up to the first, I think it's like 50 million years.
0: Oh my God.
1: So it'll do the 13 billion, no no problem. And then it's, I think it's like the 50 million years. It's just, there's a tiny bit that we still can't observe, but there are other methods for doing that.
0: (laughs) That we can talk about another day. I, we're just going to have a whole season with Louis and just talk about how crazy <laughs> this stuff is. So interesting, man. Um, one more thing I wanted to ask you about was, actually, aside from the Webb telescope, because it is literally mm-hmm. in the middle of being deployed now and hopefully yeah. we'll get some images pretty soon.
1: Yeah, so it, because of how far away it's going, we probably won't find out until midsummer. Wow. Yeah, like June, probably.
0: Oh my god! So so, hang tight, people.
1: We'll we'll know if it like it deployed, but we won't know if the optics worked, I suppose, until till then. Because
0: okay. yeah. I know for a fact, I've been checking on YouTube, and it's like live videos of the deployment. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, how long is this gonna take?
1: Uh, so uh, apparently, it takes three days for the heat shield, which is a thing we just we didn't talk about, but is easily the most kind of. Uh, complex thing that went into building it but uh Mm -hmm. it takes three days for that to unfold like a piece of very very fine origami
0: (laughs) yeah and that is so incredible as well me me and andrew talked a little bit about the heat shield so again okay you're off the hook (laughs) (laughs) what i wanted to ask you as well was what else that's going on in astrophysics right now are you excited about or is this it or are there some other really interesting things that people mightn't have heard of
1: just because of the area that i'm interested in in exoplanets and stuff like that i know that these are kind of the next big things and that's mm-hmm. definitely the giant ground based telescopes that are will be coming online in kind of like the back half of this decade Um, so you've got like the ELT, which is the extremely large telescope. And I think it's, it's 39 meters in diameter. Um, but it it works on the same kind of principles as the James Webb. So it's mirror is made up of all these little hexagonal shapes. Yeah. That are fine tuned to make the kind of perfect mirror. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's one of them. But then there's, there's two other huge ones called the, 30-meter telescope and the giant Manjela telescope. Well, all three of them should be functional by the back half of this decade. So there'll be really interesting things that'll be kind of coming on. And a lot of their stuff will be kind of like follow-up observations of what James Webb has done.
0: They're all doing their own specific things. Are they? Or are they also looking at infrared or will it be more visible light?
1: Uh, They're looking at parts of the infrared, but then also visible light. They're definitely more kind of broader science that that they look at. But because they're mirrors, their focus is like module based. So you can put in whatever kind of detectors that you want. Like at any one time, you could have generally two different detectors on either side of the telescope. Mm -hmm. And then there'll just be like a little mirror at the side that just directs it into these ports.
0: And so that means that we're going to have kind of a huge boost in astronomy and in terms of research infrastructure.
1: Yeah, yes. Yeah, massively. Like at the moment, the kind of the biggest mirrors are like eight meter class to like 10 meter class.
0: Wow. So you're talking four times the size. That's incredible.
1: Yeah. So it's going to be a huge jump in terms of like sensitivity um, for like th- the types of objects you'll be able to detect.
0: And that is where we're going. So I can see it being a very good time to be in astronomy and in astrophysics.
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely. Having said that, I, I, I remember when I was doing my master's, there was like there was people's like PhDs and postdocs that were kind of relying on uh data from web so delays kind of they can really mess things up but at the same time there is so much coming on and and this is only kind of the things in astronomy that i would be sort of aware of because they pertain to um exoplanet stuff
0: so it's a it is it is the time to be doing this stuff so if if anyone listening is interested in this or is a student that's that doesn't know what they're they want to do in college have a look at this stuff and get in touch with us. Get in touch with Louis. Get in touch with <laughs> astrophysicists and astronomers. Like this is the time to, to get to get involved.
1: This is when there's going to be yeah so much coming on board just because now the sort of the technology is there and there's going to be so much data crunching and
0: there's going to be so much data, so much work for young students. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait! I can't yeah. wait for for everyone just coming up into college now. They're going to have a rough time. <laughs> um, look, Louis, thank you so much. Such an interesting conversation. It kind of opened up more questions because I, I just want to ask you about all of these other missions. But we can yeah. do that another day. And and you've just you've you've opened up my my eyes to all of this and how interesting this field of research is and how we need to look forward. We need to be waiting, you know, for what's going to happen in the next five or 10 years in in terms of all these missions.
1: That's, yeah, that's when you're going to kind of, like, you're going to be seeing these uh those these photos just like hubble kind of wowed generations of people with their the amazing mosaics that they were able to produce of just like of of, space. of the dust clouds in space yeah it's it's going to be yeah it'll be phenomenal
0: okay louis thank you so much for coming on the show
1: well thanks for having me Hayden.
0: god bless you this is the end of the podcast we hope you enjoyed your time If you're feeling generous and you're not completely skinned, why don't you give us some of your money? Join our Patreon, join our Patreon, join our Patreon, join our Patreon.